Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Coming up today on Perpetual Traffic. I think understanding the process of the agency and making sure that it aligns with your process, right? As a brand or an agency, you know, that's important. I think making sure that they're paying attention to the details and, and getting sample influencers, making sure that they're on the same page in terms of the types of people that you might want to work with and being able to you know, uh, volunteer that information ahead of time, because that will show that they're confident and that they're willing to, to work with you. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hey, PT listeners, this is Hector Santi Esteban. And not many people know this, but I actually got my start in digital marketing doing chatbots. And I was fascinated by the type of experience you could create for your customers. I mean, the level of automation and personalization you can create without a ton of technical knowledge is kind of crazy. So if you're looking to increase and automate your lead flow, our friend Matt Lates from Bot Builders put together a free training that will show you how to get started. To watch it, go to botwebinar.com. That's B-O-T webinar.com. And you can sign up for this free training. Hello and welcome to Perpetual Traffic. I'll be your host today, Kasim Aslam. And uh, I'm really excited about this episode because, well, to be honest with you, 
we're going to take something that I view as a black box and try to dismantle it in as much as that's possible. At Perpetual Traffic, we talk about traffic, obviously. It's in the name. One of the traffic channels that I've always questioned, specifically from a scalability standpoint, is influencer marketing. And uh, to help me crack that code, we've brought in one of the world authorities on influencer marketing. He's the founder of Markerly, which has been around for about 10 years, which in internet years is like 500,000 years. And he has long, luscious locks, which make me jealous. Justin Klein, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Kasim. Glad yeah. to be here. So let's just, if you don't mind, real quick, give me the background. Why influencer marketing? How'd you get into the space? Like, what's the Genesis story? Yeah, so it actually started as a, a sharing tool. It was a, a browser plugin and a, a, a widget you could install in a website to enable users to uh, save and share quotes in their favorite articles, right? And the idea was to have all of the you know world's information that is the juiciest or like the most interesting, kind of like already highlighted, like a layer on on all the articles you know, where you can annotate and stuff. And then it evolved. Like we got on all these blog sites and we were tracking all this data as far as like, you know, how far people were scrolling down a blog post and what they were selecting and what they were copying and pasting. We were tracking all that data. And when we were finishing up like our residence at 500 startups, we decided to pivot into influencer marketing. Uh, back in 2012, uh, it was, you know, almost exclusively like mom blogs, you know, because they were the most social and that was just like all the rage back then. And then obviously it grew to encompass, uh, you know, all of the platforms that we use today, like Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitch, TikTok, you know, all those. You know what I love? I was saying, I like the pivot. I like, and that's, you know, 80% of entrepreneurial stories are transitional. They're, they're transient. Right. It's like, oh, I started building sprockets. And while I was building sprockets, I realized that there was nobody around to grease the damn things. And now I've got a grease company. So I really like seeing there's something called the corridor principle. I think it comes from Michael Gerber's email, but he, he talks about how you're never going to be able to solve the problem from outside of the proverbial corridor. And the corridor is just is just like the, the, the problem solving mechanism. Right. So you have to go do something. You have to be selling cars or flying airplanes or, you know, building buildings. And then from within the corridor, now that you've stepped into the fray, you're in the battle. That's when you, you really get to identify the, the problem that you can now go solve. And I think your story illuminates that really well. Um, and, and I say that for our listeners as much as anything else. If, if you're trying to figure out the next big thing, you're not going to do it from the couch, right? Like you got to get up and go start doing something. And then that something can lead you to maybe the, the better idea. So I think your story is pretty cool in that way. Yep. I, I agree. I think uh, the rubber needs to meet the road in some way for you to, to figure out, you know, where to go. Yeah. So I, I'm going to offer a preface that hopefully doesn't come off as overly combative. I'm a paid traffic guy. We're the, we're the cheaters of the internet marketing world, right? So like I go to Google, I give Google money, Google gives me traffic. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Influencer marketing has always eluded me. I understand it conceptually, but I feel like from a predictability standpoint, it leaves something to be desired. Now, I'm speaking to you as somebody who's failed at it. So failures are always lever spurned, right? Like we're, we're 
the, the, the folks that maybe you shouldn't listen to because you've been very successful at it. But maybe, A, talk to me about why I probably failed because I'm sure there's a list of, like with Google Ads, there's three to five reasons that everybody fails at Google Ads the first time. I bet you there's three to five reasons everybody fails at influencer marketing the first time. And then talk to me a little bit about how you solve the, the issue of predictability. Yeah, so tell me about, so before I like about you know, how you might've failed or why you failed. Like, I'd love to learn more about like, you know, what you did. Yeah. So the, I think one of the, the, the problems is I went straight to the top. I won't say names for obvious reasons, but I went to an influencer in an industry that we were trying to break into. Uh, this person was expensive, very well known in this microcosm. Um, and we got what we paid for, which was, you know, the mentions and, and the, the, the distribution, let's say, and it, it, it's just one person. Just one person, correct. We went okay, to, that's why you that's where you went wrong. Oh, see, that's interesting. We went to one person for an extended, you know, I forget what it was, three to six months, and we got, you know, repeated mentions or tweets or blogs or whatever, and we got nothing. Like literal zero, goose egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put all your eggs in one basket. Correct. Yeah. So that's risky, right? Because it's like it's it's about risk management because Influencer marketing is very much, it's like a crapshoot, right? And you want to have a lot of chips on the table. You don't want to put it all on black or on a number, right? You want to, you want to spread it around. And then once you get the data back, as far as who's performing, well, then you can optimize, you, you can glean insights and, and then refine your, you know, the next batch, hmm. essentially. And is that, is that true? Like, are there industries that you think influencer marketing are like just doesn't apply to, or do you feel like this can be pretty, pretty much cross compatible for almost everybody? Well, influencer marketing, it's like, it's such a great umbrella term and it's a terrible umbrella term at the same time, because, you know, it's influence arguably was around since the beginning of man. I think that our ability to be social and convince people that we can be trusted, right? Like there's a level of influence there that I think is embedded in like our DNA in a way, like any social animal, hypothetically, or, you know, like you could look at as like, a, you know, influence playing a part in the dynamic, mm. uh, you know, in their, in their culture or whatever. So I think that influence and influence, right? Like let's, let's pa- unpack it a little. Like it really is dependent on your, uh, on your level of uh, persuasiveness, right? If you can persuade people that your way is the right way, well, and it's basically selling, um, then you are more influential, right? You might not have uh, thousands of people or millions of people uh, that are plugged into like your platform. Cause like now today in mo- modern digital influence, right? Like you can have millions of followers on it on Instagram. So there's like this other layer, right? But it all starts with like being persuasive and being likable and people trusting you and then having a large audience that trusts you then that becomes very valuable to brands if they want to reach those audiences. And the brands that you're working with, is there kind of a general consortium or is it, does it span the spectrum? It's, it's all over the place. I think that we focus on the consumer brands. So there are some influencer companies that are doing a lot of B2B stuff. We tend to stay away from B2B. We liked like, you know, we'll do like B2B to C as long as like consumers at the <laughs> end, right? Yeah, because we work with, you know, a ton of agencies and they uh, will basically like use us for all their influencer stuff, for instance, you know, because influencer is like a whole different animal. A lot of agencies don't want to touch it. 
you know, so I, 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 it's, it's still like a very new space, but it is maturing and yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, it's a new space that you've been in for 10 years. That's not common for someone to see the writing on the wall that early. Like, I mean, you know, first of all, hats off to you. And second of all, how long did you have to stay in this game before you, you actually began to see the influencer marketing space grow to a point to where you felt it was, you know, something of a, of a mature industry the way that it is now? I think it's like matured over the last, yeah, maybe four years. It's been becoming that box that like brands need to check yeah. in their media plans. Um, yeah, it's it's just becoming like that staple kind of like way to spend. You know, every channel is different, right? Retargeting is probably like you you probably get the the biggest bang for your buck, like doing retargeting. But that you know, there's only so many people that visit your site that you can retarget. So you have to scale in other ways. Also, like display ads are not as personable. So if you want to reach consumers, and if if the cohort of people or the demographic is, uh, you know, if 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 you feel that they would not react to ads as well as like influencer content, like certain types of people are, are just going to gravitate more to like great content that you know people that they look up to are putting out. Other people might still click on ads all the time and, you know, you can make a boatload of money that way and that's great, but you still like, there's no real narrative coming across. So like, if you want to have very, you know, uh, strong messaging or sophisticated messaging, you know, it, it helps to have a person, uh, you know, articulate it and be like your representative. So it, it is great for storytelling. It's also like there, people forget about like the fact that like, this is very much a content play as much as at it, as it is an eyeball play. And, uh, you know, like if you spend your money right and you work with the right influencers, you can have them create content that is better quality than like a photography, like team, like, a, like than hiring like a, a photography studio to, to make content for you. So, so there's also a lot of potential to, to, to just get really amazing content for that, that will, uh, that will be more performant than just like hiring a photography studio to make it, I mean, it cost more. And then, then you got to pay for advertising on top of that. Like you kind of get two birds with one stone with influencer marketing, you get the content, you get the eyeballs and there's many stones or many birds rather like maybe like you, you tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. Just birds aren't real anyways. So whatever. <laughs> So I, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you the impossible question and I'll give you context. Half of our listeners are agencies. The other half think business owners, but you know, a lot of CMOs, director of marketing, those types of things. So they're going to be, they're going to want tactical, which is like, how do I do this? But, but I think the, the first question in everybody's mind, when you think influencers, ah, oh, that sounds expensive. You know, like I think Kim Kardashian is $2 million a tweet or whatever. So impossible question to answer, but if you can get, if you can help build the box for me. What's the budget like when you're moving into influencer marketing? What do you, you know, is there, is there a slow ramp up? What do you start to spend? What's the minimum? The, the, the questions that I'm sure are just annoying to hear. Yeah. I mean, well, the great thing about influencer marketing and, and the fact that it has matured quite a bit is that there are so many influencers and they're all different prices. Like if, if you want to work with them, right. A lot of them will work, you know, like post content for free products because maybe they're passionate about the products that you make. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, budget, you know, it, it's, it's pretty great because like you can work with influencers with any budget 
and it just depends on the budget will dictate like the approach and like maybe it, you might be restricted in certain ways. Like you're not going to be able to work with Kim Kardashian if you have a $10,000 budget, it's not going to happen. But there are probably a lot of people that you can spend $1,000 each on that will perform better per dollar spent than Kim Kardashian anyways. So, you know, and she's kind of like, you know, some of these celebrities, right? They've, they've already kind of like scraped all the value out of their brand. Mm. And like, I, I think that it's better to find like, Justin. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And I think that some, you, you want to find the gems. You want to be like, I'm, I'm like a gem finder. I'm like uh, looking for diamonds in the rough. Like who's, who is the next Kim Kardashian who only has 50,000 followers right now? That's who you want to reach out to. That's who you want to work with. And you want to lock down deals with because, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the stock market. You're like investing in someone before they blow up. It's like, you want to do that, that you want to be uh, tactical in that way. What an interesting point, dude. Like that's actually really brilliant because you know, to the point that I made maybe at the beginning of the call, if you, if you work with somebody who's already at the top of the game, they're going to be the most expensive and the value is going to already be mined. But if you're working with people that are, you know, they're, they're kind of the cusp of that hockey stick and they're about to pop off and you, you sort of get in before they can command the, the insane rates. What's the, I'm sure it's on a per channel basis, but what's that line of demarcation? Like Instagram's 50,000 followers or 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Like what, what is it you're looking for? Or is it industry specific? It's very specific to the category because like high fashion and any platform is going to be a lot more expensive than if you want, like, I don't know, like if people doing fitness videos or something, right? Like the, every category is different. Like, and it depends on how niche there, it is. Like if there aren't that many influencers, yeah, if there aren't that many influencers, like within that category and it's a super exclusive category, then you pay a lot. If there aren't that many influencers for that category, but it's like super duper, like, you know, like there isn't much demand for it. It's like supply and demand. Like there's a, someone with a YouTube channel and all she posts is like, I think it's like Nerf gun stuff. It's That's like, cool. okay, well, you're kind of like, you're pigeonholing yourself to only be able to work with one brand in yeah. a way with that, you know? So you, you have to be careful and like, you know, and be yourself if you want to be an influencer. But if you want to grow and like make a career out of it, like it's important to be mindful as to like, you know, what kinds of content like are true to you, but that might reach a large audience to be able to support yourself, uh, you know, off of that passion. Yeah. Well, that's the problem I, th I see with most influencers that I know personally is they don't know how to monetize their, their channel, their audience. And I mean, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. and, and then they start to reach and, and there's this really weird balance to where if they over monetize or if they overplay their hand, let's say, then it sort of crushes all credibility they have. So it's really, it's a really tight rope. And I guess you have to pay attention when you're working with these influencers on behalf of a brand, how much attention do you pay to the other brands they're working with? Like, are you looking at kind of their... We look at all their content, like, especially for, for like uh, certain projects where we need to like make sure there's no profanity, like super squeaky clean. Like we did stuff in the beginning of the pandemic, like for like COVID relief stuff and, or like COVID rules, like make sure you have a mask on, like. And, you know, stay six feet away. And like, if people were like, with, if they were like in crowds or like partying with other people with no masks, like they would be disqualified. And like, we'd have to go through like all of their content. So like, that's an extreme version. But then like, if we're working with a brand and, uh, you know, let's say it's a 
you know, con air with like, you know, blow dryers. We need to make sure that they, that, that, that influencer isn't working with any other, you know, competing brands because that's super important. Like, in, in fact, it's, it's in the contracts typically, like you can't work with competitors, like for a certain time frame. Otherwise it's going to be disingenuous. Yeah. Remember when the Verizon guy moved over to, who got in? Was it Sprint? Did one of them move over and they were like, now I'm the sprint guy. Now I'm the. That was exactly what happened. So he's like, the, the, can you hear me now guy? 10 years later is now the sprint guy and they got him to switch. And I was just like, gosh, what a master stroke that is from a marketing perspective. That's so embarrassing. Uh, I might be getting the brands yeah. wrong, but it was, it was one major carrier to the other major carrier. And I don't know. I, it, it, I can see how that could be a big issue, especially if you're really visible in your industry, you need to protect your influencers mm. and keep them from like, getting poached or jumping ship or doing anything stupid. So as I mentioned, half of our listeners are agencies ish, save them some money. Like if an agency is about to approach, first of all, I, I, and I hope nobody's considering this. I don't think this is something people should endeavor to do all on their lonesome is my soft opinion. Justin, you correct me if you think I'm wrong, but th this feels way more complex than me just, you know, going off to Instagram influencers and say, Hey, we promote my product. There are a lot of moving parts and it can be daunting. It's a lot of work, especially if you, you know, want to find those gems. It's very easy for a brand or an agency to have, you know, a mediocre influencer strategy, but yeah, like it gets increasingly more difficult if you want to, you know, find those rock stars that are going to like perform for you and that are going to create really great content that you, who you're going to want to work with for the long term. Hmm. So, and to have like a steady stream. Yeah. Well, and I, so I really like that you brought that up because that, that's always been kind of my beef with the, the influencer approach is I always felt that it was, it was a well that was going to run dry quickly and the predictability wasn't there. But your response was great, which is, dude, you can't, it's not, you're not, I kept focusing on a influencer. And for you, it's this, this larger traffic well that you then diversify. Um, for the agencies that are looking yeah. at undergo influencer marketing, what are the questions they should be asking? Like, what's your approach to identifying influencers? And what's the um, right answer to that? Like, how would you answer that? So we have mapped out like the entire landscape. So I have like, I basically have an index with like over 45 million influencers. Um, and that's basically everyone that you would ever want to work with. And I can find them by category and that they've talked about in the past. I can look at engagement rates. I can look at the graph. Is it going up? Is it going down? What's, you know, what's the traffic growth looking like? And that allows, you know, us to, to, to be able to find like those amazing people that are going to be the best fit. And we might have to go through 20,000 matches and we have tools on the back end that our team uses in order to do that very effectively to where it's kind of like a combination of programmatic and human analysis and filtering dude you're running paid traffic that makes that's first of all that's freaking amazing 45 million traffic channels that you can look at from from an algorithm perspective see the peaks and the valleys the dips i imagine cyclical markets and then more or less commoditize and or place like you found a way to sew together a bunch of social profiles and turn it into like a massive paid traffic repository. Yeah. And it's, it's fun because, you know, it's kind of like, these are all different personalities. It's like, yeah, it's, it's uh it's a different world. Right. And I think 
it's very much a creative play too, because these people, they got popular because they make great content. Mm. So, you know, it's all about content creation and connecting these creators with really great brands to create content that they would have never even thought of or been able to create on their own, even if they threw a million dollars at it. Because these these people build these giant followings because they, they create unique content that like only they are able to make. And that's why the people follow them. Mm. So you can't really find that kind of an opportunity for like branded content generation outside of influencer marketing and the, like the creator economy. Yeah, there's like 45 million different Scorseses that'll all make your little film for you. And you just have to cut them loose on it. All right. So the first question was, how is it that you're identifying? What's the what's the next question? What's a question you hate? Like, and I don't mean hate because it's stupid. I mean hate because you're like, gosh, this is a tough one. This one has teeth. Like, what are hard questions for an influencer marketing agency to answer? Like, how much money am I going to make? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that question too. <laughs> it's like, dude, if I knew that, I'd be, I'd be so much wealthier. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a billionaire if I could right. do, if I knew that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's probably like, because you don't know, like even with paid, even with retargeting, even like some of the most predictable channels or types of advertising, it's impossible to know. And, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the day, you know, you can look at pure content value that you're generating, right? What would that have costed if you had not gone the influencer route? And would you have even been able to, to create it? And then you can look at the eyeball route. Like how many views do they get on average? Um, you, that's one way to predict, right? Like, oh, this person on average gets 20,000 views. So what do I normally pay per view in order to get a conversion? Or like, you know, what's my break-even point on, you know, views and you can back into it that way. So there, there are different, like, kind of like dirty ways to, to back into, you know, who to work with and what's a good price and all that. All right. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Justin's going to give us the number one most important question you should ask. I'm putting you on the spot here, Justin, because I don't know if there's such a thing, but we'll figure it out. But first we've got to help Ryan Dice pay for his caviar addiction so hang tight because some ads are coming your way did you know companies that blog consistently receive 67 percent more leads than those that don't now that feels obvious right when you hear it but it's still a really surprising statistic consistent blogging is so important to growing a business but where's the time to research keywords come up with topics write content it's a nightmare bka content a content writing agency with 10 years of experience offers monthly SEO blog writing service where they'll do it all for you. All of your monthly blog posts delivered directly to your inbox, 100% ready to publish. Go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. If you're not A-B testing on your site and doing optimization experiments, you're leaving serious money on the table. Not only can it keep your business from growing, it gives your competition an edge over you. Luckily, our friends at Conversion Fanatics have run thousands of conversion rate optimization experiments every year for clients like Clorox, Burt's Bees, Dr. Axe, Magnolia, ClickFunnels, and many more. They optimize your site for you so you can get more customers, scale your traffic faster, and see more profit to your bottom line. If you're interested in how you can optimize your website, you can get their number one Amazon bestseller for free 
by going to conversionfanatics.com forward slash free book. That's conversionfanatics.com forward slash F-R-E-E-B-O-O-K. Go download it today so you can learn how to double your customers, sales, and profits with A-B testing. And we're back. Ryan is satiated. We got nailed just so you know, Justin. We had some reviews on the podcast on why do they run ads? And it's like, dude, this isn't free, you know. So we're going over questions that people should be asking influencer agencies. I put you on the spot and said, give me the most important. And it, it doesn't have to be one. It could be a list. But like, what are, what are the, the linchpin questions that let you know, yes, this is my agency. No, it's not. I think understanding the process, because everyone approaches influencer marketing differently. I think understanding the process of the agency and making sure that it aligns with your process, right? As a brand or an agency, you know, that's important. I think making sure that they're paying attention to the details and, and getting sample influencers, making sure that they're on the same page in terms of the types of people that you might want to work with and being able to, you know, uh, volunteer that information ahead of time, because that will show that they're confident and that they're willing to, to work with you. You know, because I think some some influencer agency, I've heard stories that some influencer agencies like you have to pay for a proposal, right? Or like, yo, you want sample influencers, you got to pay us for that. Or like, you know, you, you get here's two, you know. But what, like, I think sample influencers like help build build that out for me a little bit. Yeah, just people that in a perfect world, here's who if they're available and they can work with us at the right rate. These are the people we think would be great for you. Oh, I see. So it's a prospect list. Just like, hey, this is yeah. kind of the approach that we take. How does this feel or look? And I can see why an agency yeah. would be afraid to put that out, especially if they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Just showing your cards a little bit. If they, that's a red flag, yeah. But like them showing their cards a little bit, yeah. it'll give you a glimpse into what, you know, what the broader campaign might look like. Right. How long do these campaigns generally run? You know, sometimes they run indefinitely. Sometimes they're like, you know, a new product is coming out and they want to do a big push over a three month period. There's a lot of brands that are doing like ongoing stuff where they want just content, just rolling out constantly, new content, new content all the time. You know, so it, it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish um, and what your budget is. And yeah. And so I, this is going to be something of a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I know that there's, very clear differences demographically and psychographically based on the channel, right? Like TikTok is different than Instagram is different than Facebook and so on and so forth. Do you have favorite channels and do you have channels that you hate? I think it depends on the category. Yeah. Solution agnostic. Like if it works, it, it works. I mean, TikTok's great. I, I love TikTok and oh, the boosting TikTok. on TikTok is really seamless. You, you hate it. I'm just a crotchety old man. And when I open it up, it just like, it just, it hurts my sensibilities, Justin. <laughs> it it will suck you in and try not to allow it to suck me in, like, because I have to work. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it can be addictive. And that's part of why I think it took off the way it did. Dude, it's the number one domain name right now. It beat Google for number one. Nothing, nothing can beat Google. And I'm not talking about app engagement. The freaking domain, the URL, TikTok is the number one domain, according to Cloudflare. It, it, it blows Incredible. my mind blows my mind yeah so tiktok i mean and because it's so new like i think that the advertising rates they're pretty good yeah. like you can get very good deals you know when you compare like a facebook 
or something. For influencers too? TikTok influencers are cheaper? Uh, it, can, it can be. Yeah, it can be because like, I mean, think about it. You're 23 and like last year you gained 10 million followers. You don't know what to price yourself at. Someone yeah. offers you 30 Pizza grand and you're yeah, and you're like, okay, even though the next guy with 10 million followers might charge 100 grand. I mean, and it's the wild, wild west, right? Uh, and it depends on how much they're in demand too. Because one person who could look just like another person, but because they do a certain thing or their profile is a certain way, no one wants to touch them or like maybe like a lot, many less people want, want to work with them versus this other person who's highly coveted for whatever reason, maybe they're more wholesome. They have a kid and that's just makes it, oh my goodness, just because they have a baby, it makes it perfect. And they just have all the business in the world. And if that other person just had a baby, they'd, they'd blow up too, and, but they don't know that. There's a lot of that, I think, going on. That's so funny. Do you have influencers running around having babies just to improve their profile? It happens. Yeah, like couples, they'll get married and then they know like their audience is like, have a baby. You're going to have beautiful babies. And they know the second they have a baby, they're probably going to grow. So I've got a a buddy. I won't say his name and I won't, I'll try to veil the identity enough to where I'm not giving away anything I shouldn't be giving away, but he does, he does brand consultation for influencers. And there was a family that shot YouTube channels on a specific topic, but they were very, 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 very big. And what they found after analyzing the videos is I think they had like, they had quite a few kids. One of the kids in particular, anytime- It's not the bucket list family, is it? I'm not going to tell you (laughs) because I don't want to give away my buddy. And the truth is I don't- don't, So one of the kids, when the kids showed up, the views dropped. They dropped the kid from the the family video (laughs) channel. They don't- He's not anywhere to be seen any longer, which blew my mind. Dude, I have children. You know what I mean? I can't imagine being like, well, you are not worthy of it. It just- It was unbelievable. But also- What did the kid do? I, don't, I think Usually he was the just kids annoying. are cute and people like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he was just like, like kind of, <laughs> he was, you know, the, the black sheep or whatever. He was the, I don't know. Um, but it, 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 it makes sense from a business perspective. They're trying to build this channel and this kid's killing their view rate. And so they're like, all right, we're not recording little Timmy. Uh, you go sit in the corner while the rest of us, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's crazy the, 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 the decisions you have to make. But bringing this all back to agency work. It's um, showbiz. That's exactly too. That's kind of right. Gosh, what a what an interesting way to look at it. It's like micro monetizable showbiz with immense pockets of traffic. Dude, this is my favorite interview we've done so far. Justin, if people want to hear more from you, where do they go? Hello, justinkline.com. And that's K L I N E. And uh, or you could go to Markerly. Markerly.com. We'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. Really appreciate having you here, man. This was an awesome conversation. I'd love to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, great chatting. Really, really fun topics that we went over. And yeah, let's definitely be in touch. Uh, and uh, if you're ever in Austin, let me know. Yeah, what, what is it with Austin? What's in the water in Austin that like all the entrepreneurs, did you start there? Were you there before the migration? I moved here in 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah, you sure did. Check that out. It's like, it's the, the entrepreneurial mecca. Well, that's awesome. I'm in Austin all the time, so I'll definitely look you up buy you a beer. And if you're listening, first of all, we're grateful to you. To quote Gary Vee, your attention is my oxygen because I'm mildly pathetic and that I need other people's validation. I want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. So if you want to help me do that, you can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Tell us one thing we do well, three things we can improve upon and other topics you'd like to hear about. If there are influencers you want to hear from, 
let me know. I'll hunt them down if I need to, but we'll put them in front of you. And other than that, really appreciate everybody's reviews. If you have a review you want to drop on us, I would be forever grateful. We'll also read it out on air, make you perpetual traffic famous. Big thank you again to our boy, Justin Klein over at Markley. Make sure to check him out. Peace. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hey, PT listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's why Scalable has put together the seven levels of scale framework. We'll give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high profit, high impact, exitable business that'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three-minute assessment today at getscalable.com slash go. That's getscalable.com slash go. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next.